Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on NOMCASTpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at NOMCASTpod, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith. And I'm Andrew Tahada. I am a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a freelance writer with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a film and its connection to the DC animated movie universe, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This is yet another DC Animated Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That is the year Superman and Lois got married in the comics. Aw, such a fitting, fitting recall. Oh yeah, especially in a movie called Death of Superman. You know, I'm sure their marriage <laughs> is going to go real well, guys, as you can tell from the title. And we're going to talk about all of that because this is quite a love story. I think before we started off, everybody that kept hearing us talk about Superman and Wonder Woman, they finally heard us, man. Fine. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> they finally just was like, all right, that was weird. We'll just I'm just going to skip to that part of <laughs> right now. I'm just going to they, yes. they have a conversation where they're like, yeah, it didn't really work out, did it? And they're like, no. Ugh. Good, good job, writers. <laughs> Sam Liu is back teaming up this time with Jake Costorena. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that name. And this story is probably based off of one of the biggest Superman stories that's ever been written. Um, it is a 2018 film adaptation of the 1992 to 1993 story by the same name. At a runtime of 81 minutes, our full Justice League minus Shazam. Where is this dude, by the way? Like, Yo, he's been taking an extended vacation. Word. Like, I know he's a kid, but like, come on, bro. There's after school jobs. It's the weekends, summer vacation. This is the one where the squad really needed you, too. Like, damn. Right. <laughs> so our full Justice League does return. But today we're going to be really focusing on Jerry O'Connell as Superman Clark Kent. Jerry's in real life wife, famous actress Rebecca Romaine, plays Lois Lane. So that's a really good kind of like oh, pairing, yeah. if I do say so myself. And then finally, Dwight Schrute has finally made it out of the assistant to the regional manager position as Rain Wilson voices Lex Luthor. Man, he, he hearing him in this makes you really fear what Dwight was capable of on The Office if he was oh, word. let off the leash a little bit. <laughs> 
All right. So it's time. This is it. I just want to say for everybody that's been listening, I've been giving Superman a lot of shit over over these last couple of episodes, talking about his card card tricks make this man whimper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be honest. I'm a big Superman fan. I do love Superman. Superman. Every time I watch the Superman production, I get a little teary eyed. I get a little choked up. But let's dive in to the end, the end of Superman as we discuss the death of Superman. Yes, I like how this movie opens up right away with the bravest cops in existence going against the intergang <laughs> who are all, yeah. they already also feel, the, the intergang already is jacked, you know, even without oh, the gosh. mechanical suits they're wearing with apocalyptic tech, you know, they're already jacked to begin with. And these cops, <laughs> they're shooting regular guns. Like it even matters. <laughs> like these, there's no, ch- they have no chance against inner gang, but I appreciate the effort the cops are putting in. I also appreciate the effort that um, Dan and Maggie, the two plainclothes detectives that were rolling through, basically just straight up racing to the scene and the effort that they put in for more or less nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. But honestly, they ended up being saved by the boy in blue, Superman himself. Superman is swooping down and just taking out every single intergang member left and right. Like he's the red blue blur. Yes, that's a smallville reference. Oh yeah. And I like how <laughs> snarky he is. Like he he's been snarky in other films, but this movie really showcases where yes. he just picks up one intergang member is like, hey, have you ever fallen from a great distance? Just throws him up in the air. <laughs> Right. <laughs> just drop tree. It's it's like I love this savage Superman. <laughs> and it's just so wild because the entire time he's just like taking everybody out. Nobody is really holding their own against him. And then finally he ends up saying that, like, yo, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. I got I got shit to do, got places to be, people to see. As he's having this conversation, the people are loving it. They're wanting to get his attention. There's this one character, um, Bilbo, I believe his name is. Who is it really, Bilbo? <laughs> I think it's Bilbo. Bilbo. <laughs> no, hold on. Let me no, no. Let, let me check. I think his name is Sam, but I think they they, they kind of call him Bilbo in the film. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the the sailor that Superman keeps saving all the time. Oh, right? sorry, it is Bibbo. Bibbo. Okay, yeah, Bibbo Bibowski. Jeez, that is that is a name. Come on, go go <laughs> go rewrite that, guys. You you don't need to put in with that name again. <laughs> He's fanboying out over Superman. It's just like, hey man, like it's so great. Thank you for what you're doing for the city. And we're kind of getting the sense of like back when we first met Superman back in um, Justice League War. Uh, we never really got a chance to see him interacting with the public. Now it seems like he's really kind of adopting this persona of his as the hero that everybody loves and adores. And um, I just love this moment because Bibbo asked for a picture and he's struggling with his camera. And um, in comes in classic Superman friend, uh, Jimmy Olsen, who says, I'll offer to take the picture for you. As Superman is still trying to rush this thing from happening. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got to go. He's on a deadline. And what I love about this uh, cleanup scene, we get the best title drop ever. Because mm-hmm. someone's like, yeah, Superman, we could have defeated you. And he's like, no one's going to mess with the city while I'm around. because And I'm never leaving. 
death of Superman title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yo, that's hilarious. Like you're really because you and know the most you, dramatic music added to it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's so funny because it's like when you have a title, when you go into a movie knowing how it's going to end, you know it. It's hard to you know really keep interest sometimes. But here they're having so much fun with it that you can't help but like go in going with them it is so fun as a, another bit of fun superman has flash and cyborg come in to help him clean up flash is like again <laughs> this is a regular occurrence superman's like janitor uh oh janitor come in and clean this up i have super speed too but i ain't doing it and cyborg finds a piece of apocalypse tech that means our good old buddy dark side could be involved somehow so he goes to analyze it while again leaving flash to clean everything up and wonder if he should join the titans and i do love the moment that superman does have with cyborg in which he does address that this dynamic between cyborg and his father is something that still happens throughout this universe that they don't like each other or at least cyborg doesn't like his dad because he offers to be the one to bring it over to Silas. And it's just like that care and that knowledge of just like the history in the background. It's kind of nice to see that Superman is doing this because it's showing that, yeah, he's cocky, but he also takes care of his friends. Like, what can't you love about the guy right now? So they fly away and Superman is heading over to what basically is a meeting that he's having with Lois Lane. They have apparently been interviewing, she, well, actually, she has been interviewing Superman for quite some time now. He takes her on to this kind of museum-style place where he's showing that they're doing some work and they're researching everything about his um, Kryptonian life. They have all his technology and other things like that that's there. Yeah, there's a lot of little tidbits. And, and fun things, too, with the lore, because Superman and and when he tells Lois that his parents were Kryptonian and like shows them images of his parents, she's genuinely shocked. And it's mm -hmm. like, we take these things for granted. We're like, of course, he was a baby born on Krypton and he has parents on Earth. But these are things like the people don't actually know. And this is right. a genuine exclusive to Lois. It's so great because this is followed by a scene where Clark and Lois are secretly dating in the office. When they're interacting, it's clear that Lois does not know that Clark is Superman. So the irony of having those two scenes back to back, one scene where Clark is telling Lois about his Superman heritage with a scene where it's, he, he cannot tell Lois about his Superman identity. That's, that's just a great bit of writing. Those two right after the other is just so, so good. Right after that, we cut to a scene at Star Labs, which... I gotta say, it looks very familiar to the <laughs> CW version of Star Labs. Like, this thing is pulled right from those random B-roll shots that they have of whatever building that they're using. I just hope they have better security than the CW Star Labs, because that place gets broken into every day. Oh, yeah, that's true. Actually, probably not. Well, again, they the last time we saw Star Labs, they had to deal with the the invasion from Apocalypse and there were boom tubes popping up inside of the place. So it's understandable that maybe they beefed up security this time around. But um, while they're there, Cyborg is talking with his dad. They're analyzing the piece of armor that popped off from the inter-gang inter attack. 
and they do confirm that it is apocalyptic. But they realize that this armor is actually interwoven with a lot of human technology, this technology that really only one person can create. And Superman has arrived out on the scene. He's hearing this conversation happening. And as they're talking it through, they realize that the only person that could have possibly created something like this is the one and only bald wonder, Lex Luthor. Real quick before we get to Lex Luthor, I know this isn't like historically true, but it feels like this is the blackest scene in the DC animated universe with Victor, John, and Silas in the same place. I, I just, I just felt, I just felt the diversity for a second. It was really nice because oh, the yes. DCAU doesn't doesn't have a black movie, so uh, <laughs> maybe fix that the next time around. You create a cinematic universe, guys. But uh, so it, this was a nice moment to have just three black people on screen. But in, in any case, in the STEM field. Sorry, that's gonna yeah, yeah, no, right. all this STEM, right? They're all like. They all are just basically just talking things through at such a high level. And it's like, they're having a conversation as if they're truly in the workplace. Like, normalize these stories of just like, yo, we got stuff that we're doing. We don't need to have all this, like, basically Black trauma being put forward in all of our stories. Oh, yeah. We got, we had our nine to five. We don't need to tackle racial issues. We can actually just have a conversation about what's going on in our nine to five. See, this is this is where we have Black History Month in August. You know, last last month we had a Christmas in July, but now it's Black History <laughs> Month in August. More scenes like this. This is yes. petition right here. Can we please get a Black DCAU movie next time around, please? Yes, please. <laughs> Just give us one. Come on, guys. But Superman goes to visit Lex Luthor to see what he's up to. Lex Luthor is on house arrest, but to be cheeky, he has a kryptonite decorated ankle bracelet it's, and monitor savagery in this <laughs> he like it it's not actual kryptonite but he he is consciously aware of why he's wearing it and that's what makes it so evil and they have this great banter back and forth and one another one of my favorite lines of this movie this movie has so many good lines but at one point Lex is doing his usual I hate superman stick and Superman just goes, Lex, the city is never going to love you just for hating me. Superman, turn off the laser vision, man. Come on. <laughs> You've been taking lessons from Damien? <laughs> it's just, yeah, Superman, I just always love the dynamic between Lex Luthor and Superman because, you know, you can always expect to hear that kind of deep dialogue. It's something that I feel like a lot of people tend to take for granted when it actually comes to the comics because people feel like Superman's comics are a bit too centered in not showcasing his full extent of his powers and all that. It's a lot of conversation. But these are some great moments where it's just like you get to see how Superman thinks, how Superman acts, how Superman presents himself, not as like a powerful force, but rather an intellectual individual because Superman is smart. Like he, he's up there in his intelligence. Yeah, it's not um, as easy as taking off your glasses and, and flying away. Like Superman has <laughs> plans and yes. he thinks and c concocts. So it's like, yeah, don't sleep on Superman's brains. And now we're cutting to a scene of some new characters here as we go up into space. 
it is a astronaut by the name of um, Hank Henshaw. He's up there with his wife, Terry, and their crew. And we get this beautiful shot of Earth and get a chance to see it through the eyes of Hank Henshaw, who they joke about he's been up there so often that um, it's the, they're surprised that he still has this joy about it. And he reveals, again, diving back into this newfound love of Superman that we're now being exposed to, that he's seen Superman a couple times since he's been up there in space. And if you look at some, a certain point at the exosphere, I hope I said that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds sciencey to me. You see, you can see the cape, and you just gotta love this moment of just childish joy that comes out of these individuals, these people that we're meeting about who Superman is and what he means to them. And he even shares a story about how Superman saved his life once. So they're just enjoying life, and then we pan out do like all the way out further into space. And we're seeing that something ominous is approaching. And yes, I love the second half of the scene so much, but before we get to that, we got to quickly mention Lex is dodging his house arrest <laughs> on earth. He's wearing a fake wig. He's getting around. He's walking around his offices, burning all his employees with these insane insults. Mm -hmm. Like at one point he's like, looks over a woman's shoulder and goes finally somebody who understands Bernoulli's principles but it's not you Please, <laughs> like, <bro>. HR would <laughs> have a field day with him he is burning everybody in the room but his real focus is to get to see what is going on with this object in space so he and his assistant Mercy Graves notices uh, the asteroid heading for Earth is looking a little lumpy. And unfortunately, Hank Henshaw is going to get a up-close view of how lumpy that asteroid is. And in probably one of the most heartbreaking scenes that we've seen of in, in this universe of people that we don't even know yet, this whole entire ship gets torn apart. It is they get the call saying that there's some unknown debris heading their way. And as it's just approaching, it's just barreling their ship. And it's such a sad scene because it's at this moment when everybody's pleading to Hank that like, we need to go, we need to get away because he's actually is the one that saves everybody as they're like trying to pull them into the ship and everything. But as they are getting hit, you can see that he starts to break down there as Hank is just saying, it's okay, Superman's gonna save us. He always does. Superman always saves our lives. He's always there for the people and everybody else is just, freaking out because they're just saying we need to find a way to move but unfortunately there's one hit that takes out the rest of the crew one other hit that takes out terry and then the last hit as hank is looking at it as it's coming he's pleading and saying that superman will save my life it's the one that destroys the entire ship man it's this is a devastating scene i mean i remember when we uh, talked about Throne of Atlantis and there was a scene where there were two guys on the sub and they, they pretty much instantly died. We felt yeah. nothing. But the way they set up Hank Henshaw in three minutes tops yes. they have with him to tell us who he is, what he's about and why he believes in heroes and to have his faith just crushed in that last minute is man, that is that is skillful. That is some skillful mm -hmm. stuff and it it's I got more emotional for him than I, I did for Batwoman in that movie that must not be <laughs> named in her entire bat backstory. 
uh, just because it's just the way it was written. It's it's mm-hmm. it wasn't trying overly hard to make us feel bad. It wasn't like Hank Henshaw had <laughs> fought space and stars, <laughs> and now he wanted to get revenge. It was just a man had some hope, and in that last minute, his hope was not rewarded. That meteor just goes straight into the ocean. Well, we quickly find out that Lex is blackmailing someone's son to get the exclusive of where the meteor landed in the ocean. Oh my gosh. Because this guy is just evil. And I gotta say that Rain Wilson really brings it in this voice acting for Lex because he, he just exudes villainy and it's so well done in his dialogue and his actions the tone of his voice like hearing him saying that you know we'll give the antitoxin to your son yes it's just like you actually would believe he did it yeah i i believe this guy would openly kick a dog if it benefited (laughs) him and again we don't have to wait long to see more because as he sends a crew in a submarine to go after the the meteor that landed the the guy in the submarine is like yo i i uh i'm I'm not sure if i should go any further and lex is like but you are going i mean there's no debate here Mm -hmm. and the guy's just like i guess so just imagine how scary lex luther is that you would rather go into the deep ocean where there might be like giant angler fish or something you know those fish with the lantern on their head that lure you in like there could that's what they could be driving in that's yep. preferable than dealing with lex on the surface that's yep. that's the kind of madman we're dealing with in this movie and uh just want to address though the uh the physics of this oh uh, yes going back to throwing up atlantis yeah they th- this should not have happened <laughs> <laughs> but just want to jump back really quickly too because one of the big things that comes up in this film is the theme of the relationship between Lois and Clark. Clark, he is Superman. He has to keep the secret. He's been keeping this secret this entire time, his entire life. So obviously, secrets have a strain on the relationship when Clark says that he can't go on the trip with Lois because he has things to do this weekend, which is actually that his parents are in town. She professes against the fact that he never seems to want to never seems to want her in his life. And he decides in that moment that he's going to invite Lois to dinner with his parents, by which I mean his adoptive parents, John and Martha Kent, also known as Ma and Pa Kent. And we get this great scene as, you know, the four of them are kind of just talking with one another Ma and pa can't or just joking around with lois and clark isn't having it he hates the entire thing yeah it's such a fun scenario because it's more in this scene i felt like personally that he wasn't scared of like being embarrassed about past things he did he was scared that something might link lois to his real superman identity and that's why he just was trying to fast forward through all the stories give little bits about his childhood. He just didn't want her to get any closer. And at the end of the night, they try to get a cab together, but Lois doesn't want to go. She wants to Mm -hmm. walk home because she feels that Superman has put this barrier in between them and she can't understand why. It's something that carries on into Superman's Justice League meeting, which is the most fun meeting 
I, yes. <laughs> right away, look, there, we could break down this meeting for, for we could, we're not going to get all into the aspects, but my one of my favorite lines in this meeting, again, is uh, when they say something about, oh, we're o- over on our utility bill this month. And <laughs> Batman is like, you can, oh, you, I'll, I'll cover it. Don't worry about it. And one of them was like, maybe my toy sales could do it. Batman was insulted. He was insulted at the idea <laughs> that anybody, he will go to dinner and pay for everyone every single mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. This guy, he, his face, <laughs> like, are you sure Wayne can cover it? He's like, are you, are you serious? the other thing again it just gets more fun i just want to point out the other line too about the um (laughs) so they're planning now for the next meeting that they're gonna have batman says he can't make it why not batman damien has a pta meeting (laughs) we gotta go i gotta go meet his teachers about about his school (laughs) and everybody clowns him Flash specifically gets up and it's just like, wait, I'm sorry, are you a part of the the you know the um what's it called the parents association too? <laughs> it oh god, Flash is you can tell how everybody comfortable everybody is with each other at this point because Flash would not dream of clowning Batman at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. even though no one backs him up. Green Lantern is just like, I ain't I ain't backing you up though. Like, <laughs> yeah. Last time I messed with Batman, like he took my ring, it was embarrassing. So. He has this whole exchange with Batman and they try to reschedule for another day, but Flash reveals he's getting married, mm-hmm. which prompts Superman to go like, whoa, 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 man. Um, Iris knows everything? And Flash is like, yeah, yeah. Like, of course she does. Why, why wouldn't she know that? She knows that I'm the Flash. And Superman has this real moment of realization that if that guy Barry can do it, the guy that I send to clean up my messes, then... Mm-hmm. I, I can handle the dual life. And he decides that that's exactly what he's going to do. Leading to another great background line as everyone's going to congratulate Flash. Green Lantern goes, Flash, there are times when speed is not good. <laughs> <laughs> this, and also another one of my favorite lines too is the um, the one where Aquaman tells Superman, it's like, yeah, you got to reveal the secret identity and it can't happen on the wedding night, bro. Like, um, <laughs> which is actually a callback to one of the Superman movies in which he revealed to Lois, I believe, right after they got married that he was Superman. Jesus, man. Oh, so, yeah. That, I think that happened in two? Yeah, two, yeah. two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Just Don't wait. <laughs> but it seems now that Wonder Woman is kind of picking up on the fact that, like, this is somebody bigger in Superman's life. They There's another scene in which they have, in which they talk about their relationship, as we mentioned earlier. And now it's Superman's deciding that he needs to be up front. Unfortunately, it's not going to last long because elsewhere in the world, the meteor has opened up. Someone's come out of it and mm-hmm. starts killing Atlanteans, killing everybody in its path. And the scene I didn't expect to like as much as I did Aquaman is talking to, I think he's talking to Cyborg. The Cyborg goes, man, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Like acknowledging that mm-hmm. Aquaman has people, he has soldiers that he sent out to do this and they weren't expecting to get yeeted, but they did. That was a really nice quick beat to have because this monster that is on the loose, he killed a bear. This monster, we see this monster kill 
a fully grown bear. So right away, you know, he can kill Atlanteans. He can kill bears. This thing Mystical is, is so dangerous. proud of this, this beast. I'm telling you, Mystical's probably looking at him like, see, that's why you need to help the bear. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so they're tracking this beast now that is finally making its way into civilization. The first team to respond are kind of like the newer Justice League members of Hawkman, who has a non-speaking role. So that's why I'm just glancing over it. But he does get yeeted pretty far. Like, dear Lord, this man, the Peter Griffin chicken fights had nothing. <laughs> this was all of them in five seconds. Like, jeez. And we just get to see that this monster is just taking out leaguers left and right. They're calling in everybody Except Superman, because Wonder Woman tells Superman that, like, yo, you, I know that you're about to do something big with Lois right now. Don't worry. You got this. Yeah, but they don't, though, because Mm-mm. Green Lantern, he gets he continues his movie tradition of getting absolutely wrecked instantly. Flash, I'll give props to Flash. He ran over to Hawkman, was like, yo, let me borrow this mace real quick. And Thanks. he starts getting to work on the monster doesn't do a damn thing the monster is too quick catches up to his eyesight batman comes in and okay we know i know a clown batman back in throwing of atlantis for sitting out the fight and not doing anything <laughs> yeah we're changing the game we're just changing what we're thinking about all these heroes now <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you write them correctly because my man batman he knows anyone who took out green lantern flash and could beat up wonder woman he knows there's no shot, but he's in there with his bat bombs, like, fall, you bastard. Oh, throw in love the that line. <laughs> and he is dodging, but all he can do is stay out of the way because he has no shot in hell at taking this thing down. So what's Superman doing up while all of this is going down? <laughs> yeah, so we cut back to the... Uh... The famed restaurant of <laughs> Bibo Babowski. <laughs> and he's Superman is telling Lois that he has kept several secrets from her and that he understands and he's feeling that strain on their relationship. And he wants to know, wants her to know that he is doing this because he cares about her. And it's probably the most shocking thing that I've seen, he just outright admits it in the middle of the restaurant, not to everybody, but in the very secretive, quiet conversation says, I'm Superman. Yes. And normally I would hate this. Mm -hmm. I I have a very pet peeve about superheroes talking about superhero shit in the restaurants. (laughs) But Superman does actually look around, check if people are listening before he proceeds. So I'll give him credit this one time. Mm -hmm. You get a pass. As Lois is just like laughing in his face, he takes off the glasses really quickly just to get a chance to see his face. And she's like, holy crap, this is you. You are Superman. He tried, he calms her down a little bit, realize, gets her to realize that where they were. And the first thing that comes out of Lois Lane's mouth as she's realizing more and more that Superman is Clark Kent is, you're unethical, bro. You wrote stories about yourself. And it was like, yes, yes. You know what? I'm not even a journalist or a reporter or anything, but I also felt that unethical nature that came about writing stories about yourself. He gassed himself up all. He's like, Superman has the largest pecs in the world, according to science. Mm-hmm. He is statistically perfect. He does not sweat, which he does acknowledge earlier. So he 
it, it is a great like fun exchange but they also layer in some great moments like this movie is full of good lines at one point he says why he wouldn't tell people about his identity and he says i want to save the world and mm-hmm. i don't reveal my secret openly i did this so they won't have to pay for my choices this is superman this is the superman we want a superman that knows that doing good can have a bad price and that's why it's so important to keep on the glasses to keep on the ruse at all times this superman outside of like the superman on superman and lois and animated series and christopher reeves every other superman i feel misses this this critical aspect but this one nails it Mm -hmm. this version nails and i believe it and he wants to tell her one more secret but he realizes he's out of time so he writes a quick note leaves it on the table lois opens it says my last secret says i love you to lois on the inside gosh man man of steel just just like hitting it to the heart (sighs) he's ah it's such this movie the little moments of this movie is so Mm -hmm. are so great like how the fact that when you cut back to cyborg his eye is hanging out like this man's whole (laughs) cybernetic eye is out batman is limping Wonder Batman Woman. also tells Cyborg yeah. that, like, you ain't looking too good. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming from the same man that jumps out of my heart with a with a taser. <laughs> yeah. He, no one is in any shape. The only one left standing is Wonder Woman because, again, Shazam is out Working on a school on his field assignment. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Reading Catcher in the Rye for summer vacation, I guess. I guess because he's not there, and Wonder Woman gets messed up. I mean, the her sword gets shattered. She gets beaten into the ground again and again. This guy is doing the work. And finally, Superman comes in and he thinks, all right, another intergang member. But he rips it off the armor and he starts bleeding and realizes he's facing something unlike he's ever seen before. And as Lois calls it, a doomsday. Just want to say quick, really, too. Superman, like Batman, has a code. Superman, outside the DCEU, does not kill. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been some cases in comics, but, you know, that is always a last resort. I want to say he doesn't usually... He's not usually seen as one that goes in for the kill shot first. He's always thinking ahead. He's always thinking about incapacitating and disarming versus just taking away life. And we see that moment kind of happen first when Superman first interacts with Doomsday. He's thinking first of all, how can I take this being down for rehabilitation or whatever? But Wonder Woman says to him right before the fight truly starts, I think she calls him Clark, actually. Or actually, it might be Clark because there's a, a moment earlier where they're in training and Superman's right. like, please call me by my, don't call me by my civilian name. Right. I like my super name because Lois gave it to me. Right. So I think it is fitting that she would say mm-hmm. Clark here because she's pretty much basically almost dead. <laughs> right. She's talking to him like hero to hero, person to person. Yeah. And they're going, she's telling him to like, you got to end it. This, this thing can't live. Like this thing will only keep going if we allow it to. 
they're fighting. Superman is getting the work. Like there's some beautiful animation in this film. Mm-hmm. Also, this is just amazing to see the full extent of Superman's abilities being drawn out and animated in this way. And not only just him, but the rest of the league as well. As everyone's watching this scene, the main person we're really paying attention to also is Lex Luthor, who's watching this because he's been monitoring this monster this entire time. And he's realizing like, yo, this could be, is this the being that we needed to be fearful of because this is what Superman could have been? And also, is this the being that can finally take down Superman himself? Because this is something a goal of mine I've always wanted. Therefore, I need to get a way to get this being into my access. Because earlier in the movie, we also saw that that Lex is working with somebody. And they seem to be doing a little bit of gene manipulation, maybe some gene DNA growing, that kind of thing. So he's like, I want to get a sample of this beast because if this is the thing that can help me take over the world, but more importantly, take out Superman, yo, this is it. And going back, Superman and Doomsday are just like going blow for blow. Every hit is just destroying this city. And they're not even touching buildings. No, they're they're messing up bridges. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, look, oh my thousands God. of people don't die in this movie. <laughs> like Superman saves a boy who tried to run and get his Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> he sees him at the last minute. There's a nice little exchange between Superman and Lois that is a callback to like the, the very first live action movie where, well, Lois says to Superman, I got you. He goes back. You got me. Who's got you? Which is a reverse of a line yeah. when Superman first flew Lois around. And, you know, you're having these really nice moments that are being interrupted by Doomsday giving Superman blocker. the apocalypse elbow. <laughs> <laughs> like, you heard of the people's elbow? No, this is the next level up. Superman was like, oh, he, he tried to get him with a nice nice uppercut. Doomsday snaps out of it. Ah, oh, neck. Oh, his whole neck was obliterated. It was nasty. And at this point, Superman is pretty feeling pretty bad. He's looking mm-hmm. pretty rough. So there's only one man that can save the day. Lex Luthor in a new robo suit. Surely yeah. this man will be enough to stop Doomsday. It was not. <laughs> it was not at all. Lex Luthor got so wrecked. He shoots him at first with a beam. Um, also wanted to say too that like at this point, Doomsday is growing. The the bones that are protruding out of his body are getting sharper and longer. And at one point he even develops heat vision. So it's like, is Doomsday taking on the properties of Superman at this point? As Lex Luthor is taking out Doomsday, he's finally giving him blow for blow, taking him out as Superman's trying to recuperate. Lex Luthor has him on the ground I think at this point, they're actually at that same location where where Superman's ship was, where they first went to do that interview at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the movie. And Lex Luthor, you're thinking it's about to go in for the kill shot. And it's just like, yes, Lex, the one time you do good. And he's just like, nah, let me get a piece of this dude. And he tries to extract the sample and it fails so miserably that you're just like, Lex, go home. Why are you here? <laughs> And Doomsday quickly turns the tables. Just when Lex is about to die, Superman saves him. And Lex hates it. He Mm -hmm. absolutely hates it. 
<laughs> and he kind of scurries away. And the final section of this fight comes to a head where Doomsday is about to choke Superman out with his own cape. This yes. man is a savage. And it's to the point where it's just like the cape is a little tighter now, too, because Doomsday had ripped off a piece of it. And I want to say in this beautiful shot, you just see it kind of flow in the way. And it's slow molded because as a comic book fan, you know what this means. But in the movie, it's just done so beautifully as this really gruesome scene is happening right next to them. And it was at that moment that Lois Lane picks up a rock and she throws it at Doomsday. This is probably the most heartbreaking scene because we just get a panned over shot of Lois Lane breaking down in tears, standing strong still with another rock in her hand, ready to throw it at this beast, knowing that like she also is about to beat her doom. Yeah, because she knows if Superman's falling, she'll fall too. Mm -hmm. So Superman gathers up every last bone in his body, every bit of strength he has, launches himself at Doomsday, breaks Doomsday's neck, but in doing so, gets stabbed by Doomsday in a blow he just cannot recover from. And we get Superman in Lois's arms. The first thing he asks is, is everybody safe? They have a, this, a very tearful conversation which he ends with, you know, saying how lucky he was mm -hmm. to have been this beacon for people. And that's it. That's, that's how Superman dies. And everybody is looking on to this as Lois is hugging him because that also right before too, she does say that she got his note and that she loves him as well. So Superman dies amongst his loved ones. It's really just such a heartbreaking scene because at this moment too jimmy olsen is also recording it so you're seeing it on every single screen in like the metropolis's version of times square everybody's watching it on their phones we pan over to the electronic store tvs all there and they're also playing the feed and we see that kid that superman saved and he's also shaking and crying as you see like the toy that he's holding is still in his hand but you know, at this moment, you're just realizing that, like, we lost the biggest influence in Metropolis and probably on the world. We now, a couple days later or so, there's a statue that's been erected of Superman with the bald eagle on his arm. And there's this giant funeral service that they're holding. All the Justice League members are there. The mayor of Metropolis is speaking, talking about the impact that Superman has had. It just keeps on becoming more and more heartbreaking, these scenes, because we see that Ma Kent is bawling in the arms of Pa Kent. And there's this officer who's telling them that, hey, y'all need to step back. Mm. You know, you're getting too close. And the only thing that Jonathan Kent can say is, you know, she's just really devastated because he was like family. And that, yeah, it's so it's it's so well well done, but it's so painful. This movie knows how to to jab at you because yeah, just these parents can't even grieve their own son mm -hmm. properly. They can't be in the front row. It is heartbreaking to see and. Also, as we're panning over the Justice Leaguers, 
the one person that's missing is Batman, who is in the Wayne Manor, covered in bandages, and Damien comes in and leans over and comforts his dad. Bill, I mean, Jeez. come on, people. The only bit of, of light levity here at the end is the fact that Lex Luthor is giving this grand speech and he's in a he's in a neck oh, collar. Yeah. He has a broken arm. Yeah, it's all be- bullshit. The next scene you see he's completely fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. all an act. But he's just like, <laughs> yeah, me and Superman didn't get along sometimes, but I'd often listen to his wisdom. And Wonder Woman's giving him the side eye like, you piece of garbage. You don't get off the stage. I will mop your your bald head. <laughs> So he he's trying in these last moments to get his piece on the tech that could really change the game and make him pretty much uncontested now that Superman is gone. We also, oh man, before before we can get to the end credits, we gotta get this other heartbreaking scene of our man Bibbo, who we've been making fun of oh, his name. Why'd you have to bring him? I wasn't ready for this sadness right now. Man, he goes to the water where Superman would often save him. And he looks up and you hear him praying the Hail Mary and asking God why he spared him instead of Superman. Jesus, what they do with the minor characters in this movie is just unreal. Unreal. So, credits are rolling now. And... You know, we're still dealing with the death of Superman, but things are happening. There's Lois who goes over to Clark's desk and she's just looking at it and just like, you know, just really kind of trying to hold it together at this point. And Jimmy comes in, he's just like, yo, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come with me right now because apparently there's this something's happening over at Superman's gravesite as, and as they get there, there's this being in the sky with a cape that's flying over it. And Lois is thinking, is this Superman? Is he alive? Jimmy, of course, gets this thing on film as this new Superman being flies off. We also see that um, more people who are influenced by Superman tend to are doing their own thing. We see Dr. Dr. Irons, he's forging some kind of uh, medallion, not medallion, an emblem that matches Superman's symbol. We also see that there's something escaping from the place where Lex Luthor had visited back in the past. And finally, we end it with this Superman-like being that's like half man, half machine flying from space. And it ends with the Superman emblem being put onto the screen and it starts bleeding down. Man, we're not even gonna play around. This this is a. We would normally say something like, out of Bibbo Baggins rib menu combos, <laughs> like, how much would you give it out of ten? I'm not even gonna play around. This this movie is a ten. This is yes. this is a straight up ten. There's no questions. I don't have an RT alteration. This thing is a piece <laughs> of art. This is high art we're watching. Like, they didn't play around when they made this one. Oh, they didn't. They didn't. And I love it, too, because they really took into account all the things that made this story great and all the characters and all the people like this movie was actually written by, if I'm not mistaken, Peter J. Tomasi, who has done a lot of Superman comics in recent years. And 
I gotta say, I've read his work. I've met the guy. He is a down to earth, genuine Superman fan. Like he knows what he's doing. So when I heard that he was in charge of this, I had to also give this thing a 10 out of 10 because they knew what they were doing. Every single person gets a good story arc, a good character development. They cleaned up a lot of the stuff that was happening in the past that just didn't make sense. And now we're here where it's just like, those things have ended. We're here with something new, something fresh. So, and it's like, we're about 11, 10, 11 movies deep. And we've gotten such mm-hmm. a great reintroduction into this universe. And especially through the eyes of Superman. Yeah, this movie, it, despite being a Superman movie, it also works as a pretty good Justice League movie overall. Oh, yes. <laughs> which is incredible. Like, we haven't seen some of these characters really doing major things for a while, especially Hal Jordan. It's been a while since we've seen him. Mm-hmm. And this movie, the way it just establishes relationships between the Justice Leaguers, the way everyone participates, it has this chummy feel so that when, you know, when Superman falls, it has that weight. It has that gravitas behind it. Sorry to pile on to, to beat a dead Superman, but in Batman <laughs> v Superman, if you ever wonder why comic fans are mad at that movie for how they killed off Superman, look at this. Look at this animated film. Mm-hmm. And see if Superman has not been properly introduced and you don't have time to build him up as a heroic figure like they do in this movie. That's why the end of Batman v Superman doesn't hit because that Superman never wanted to be a Superman. He, he wasn't happy saving anybody. He never enjoyed his job. But here you have a Superman that is a positive influence. He enjoys what he does. He loves what he does. He loves the people in his life. So that when he is torn away from those people and when those people have to wonder what to do without him, it carries some damn weight. Mm-hmm. So this movie will make other movies look worse in comparison. That's how strong it is. <laughs> there, there's just no question. This is, this is in the higher echelon. We're putting this next to Batman versus Robin mm-hmm. and Hell to Pay as our top three. And I feel good about that top three, you know, going ahead because this, this is art. (laughs) I don't know what else I can say. It's just art. (laughs) You're right. Because it's just like, it's not only that, but um, you touched on it a little bit about like the fact that we're not only just dealing with Superman, we're dealing with the people that is around him. So to have it that we're getting this really great introduction into the people of Metropolis that are surrounding his lives. We're getting an introduction to how his interactions is with, with his love, his family, his um, the, his people, his coworkers, mm-hmm. even the people. Like I'm not even supposed to talk about the Justice League. I'm talking about the Daily Planet. Like we got a good sense of like who these individuals are, down from the full time employees to the freelancers. Uh, and speaking about freelance, we're gonna talk about Fiverr. <laughs> Do you need a freelancer to help you with your website or WordPress site? or an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project. Or maybe you just need someone to write expert articles and blogs for that website. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more from seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off to the races. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers yourself. Let Fiverr help you. 
See the link in the description of this episode to get started. Please note that yet another DC animated podcast is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link below. These commissions help support the growth of yet another DC animated podcast. So we appreciate your continued support. All right. So that was our film. It's now time to dive into that comic book knowledge where we just going to share a lot about, you know, the Man of Steel, Superman. I got to ask first, man, Andrew, what was your what was your first introduction to Superman? First thing I can remember is probably uh, Christopher Reeves mm. uh, movie, probably. I want to say two or one. I can't remember you know, that when I was that young, but I definitely remember seeing the live action Superman flying into the air. And, and that that's where, where it started. And then it just kind of was all, all around you. Like everyone knew who Superman was like that. <laughs> that's just everywhere around the world, you know, Superman. Yeah. Mine was probably about the same. I remember seeing him pop up also in the, in the first or second movie. Also remember the one with um, Richard Pryor um but definitely my connection came from the animated series that he had i actually did own a couple of superman comics when i was younger mostly the superman and his pal jimmy olsen comic um (laughs) but you know this movie is based off of one of the biggest stories that ever came out of the superman mythos and that is the death of superman himself this came from the 1992-1993 comic story arc this actually was a total of 15 comics but this film only adapts really the first, I want to say about the first 10. Okay. Yeah, really because the last five are actually going to be where our sequel movie to this comes from. And all of these stories were written by editor Mike Carlin, writers Dan Jurgens, Roger Stern, Louise Simonson, Jerry Ordway, and Carl Kessel. There was there were so many comics and all these different titles and I'm about to dive into that because Superman, as we know, is a big superhero in comic book history. He is actually one of the first biggest superheroes because he debuted back in Action Comics number one on April 1st, 1938, which if you look it up right now, is actually worth $3.25 million. I'm going to go back in time real quick. I'll... Uh... <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Uh, million. Jesus. Million. Yeah. That was back in, um, I believe, just a couple months ago, back in April of 2021. If anybody's listening to this in 2022. Um, <laughs> um, yes, that was back in April of 2021. It was sold to somebody who purchased it for $3.25 million, making it the most valuable comic of all time right now. Get that and, money. <laughs> and that comic was written by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who are credited as the creators of Superman. Um, Superman just became so popular that after this, his appearance in Action Comics number one, he actually was the first superhero to ever headline his own comic just a year later in 1939, making him probably the most famous cultural icon of the United States, which is because he's always saying things like truth, justice, and the American way. He's always being pictured next to the bald eagle, as we saw in the statue in the movie. So Superman has had quite a run over the years from starting his time in 1938. And then in 1985, when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened, that's when we kind of saw a reboot of Superman under the new comic series, Man of Steel. 
And of course, because it is Superman, the most popular hero of all time, that comic soon became the number one selling comic that year. And that was just a miniseries. Man, people loved, loved him, this guy. I mean, and what's not to love? I mean, you just saw a whole entire film where people were like just fanboying and just shedding tears about our hero. And because of that, there was just, there needed to be more Superman to go around. So we saw this big explosion of an oversaturated market of Superman comics. He was operating under different titles, under different stories. They were bringing in writers from all around to continue writing more stories about Superman to the point where it got crazy. Like there was a Superman in almost every comic, either headlining his own thing or he's making an appearance somewhere. He's more kind of, I guess, kind of like how Marvel has with the Spider-Man makes an appearance in every single comic. Superman's been doing that since like day one. <laughs> this, however, with oversaturation comes people saying that we needed to take a break from him. As the comic book world started becoming a bit more diverse in the heroes they were creating, the stories that they were telling, we saw a bit of a dip in the sales of Superman. So they decided that now would probably be a good time to really kind of revamp him again. And they did so by having the Superman Summit. Okay. Back in 1988, as I mentioned, there were so many different Superman comics. All the creators decided to come together and say, we need to have one Superman. We can't keep creating all these stories of Superman popping up here and there, changing the game about who he is, how he works, and what his powers are, and all that. So we are going to come together. We're going to all talk about what we're doing and uh, bring in the stories kind of like all together so it was a bit more cohesive, that there weren't any kind of like big continuity errors, and people just really kind of had like a clear understanding of like, this is Superman in a linear look. But enough about that and Superman is. We're now going to talk about who did, uh, how he died. And Superman has died actually many times throughout comic book history. Um, he has gone to a point where he kind of exploded because <laughs> he acquired too much solar energy. Um, he's Just also... Like life, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the most important death of his time was this death of Superman storyline, which he did have to face off against Doomsday. And... Yeah, this was first created on November 1st, 1992. That's when the first issue had dropped with Action Comics number 684. And it ended with um, Superman number 75. So that was the the thrill part of which was called the death of Superman. Then it followed up with another five-issue story arc of called the funeral for a friend in which we got a chance to see all the heroes and the people within the DC universe talk about you know the fact that Superman is dead and dealing with his death and attending this funeral that we got a chance to see at the very end of our film here and his death was so monumental that following the funeral that was held all Superman publications were on went on hiatus until his return wow that's that's really monumental. And again, these were several comics. We're talking about Man of Steel. We're talking about Superman. We're talking about action comics. We're talking about appearances in the Justice League. These comics were held or like dealt with the funeral until the Adventures of Superman number 500 was released. And that wasn't until about 
in June of 1993, which means that we had a break of almost half a year of no Superman. Oof. They know how to sell it. Yep. <laughs> and going back to how this man died, we got introduced to Doomsday, our villain for the film. He appeared as a cameo in Superman Man of Steel number 17, and then fully appeared in Superman Man of Steel number 18, which is a part of the Death of Superman story arc. He was first thought about back in 1991. This was a part of the Superman Summit, where during this meeting, there were some concerns from writers that were hearing from the fans saying that, you know, Superman's great and all, but all of his foes are trash. Like, everything is, like, science-based, and they felt like, you know, it doesn't make sense that Superman's always losing to somebody that probably is, like, a better thinker. Like, are we <laughs> never going to... You're never going to have someone that could just like outpunch Superman or something. The, just want to say the writers heard y'all. Um, <laughs> just looking into the past at all these 1991 comic book fans. <laughs> they decided to create this character. They didn't really draw him out then, but they decided that they wanted to create a being of physical power that could be a match for Superman. At that moment, they were like, yo, what if Superman died? Like, yo, they wanted Superman to face off against like a really tough foe that wasn't now thinking him. What if like we heard y'all and we're just like, because of that, we're going to kill him. Classic comics, killing Jason Todd and Superman. <laughs> so this idea came from editor Mike Carlin, who scribbled on the wall Doomsday for Superman. And that was the inspiration of Doomsday and his name. Oh, nice. Right on walls, kids. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> yes, you can actually get some really great ideas if you just write on your walls, kids. <laughs> also, something that was really great about Doomsday is that uh, he is actually Kryptonian. Oh, yes, yes. The... Is this the one who... He gets like shot out of a rocket a million times. Is this yeah. is this Doomsday's origin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Doomsday is um like genetically modified, somewhat prehistoric creature from Krypton, who upon his creation was underwent like a series of ways that he was killed. Each time he was brought back to then become invulnerable to whatever had killed him. Uh, so that's why when in the movie, they showed that um, he was fighting against Superman and he decided to hit him with the laser vision. That is a little bit, I guess I want to say like a kind of nod to saying that like, yes, he is Kryptonian. He is experiencing the Kryptonian transformation that one go undergoes when one is under the yellow sun. So therefore confirming that Doomsday is in fact Kryptonian in this new universe, or at least has some kind of connection of Kryptonian origin within his DNA. Um, next, we're going to talk about the other major players that were in the film we're talking about right now, Lois Lane. She is and has always been really a love interest for Superman. She actually also appeared in Action Comics number one, but it wasn't until the Man of Steel comics in 1986 we get kind of more of this like tough as nails Lois Lane that we kind of see takes nothing from nobody calls you out for being unethical in your writing, kind of Lois Lane. <laughs> she was also a part of the um, Death of Superman story arc as well. 
plays a big part in the upcoming movie as well. And she does undergo kind of these same things. At this point, Lois does know who Clark is. She does know, I think they are actually together in a very similar way, if not actually. Um, yes, actually, I think by this point, they might've been married or it might've been soon after he came back that they got married. Hmm, Cause I, yeah, 96. Ah, now right. I remember yes. that. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So the we do see a lot of great shots in this film that are pulled directly from the comic. And the shot that I'm talking about specifically is the Superman flag, not sorry, Superman flag, the Superman um, cape being drifted, like flown like a flag as she holds Superman in his arms. Um, I will say they did make some changes to it because in the comics, Superman did have a mullet. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's that's let's not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but um, Lois Lane has always been a force. Um, she has been always a love interest for Superman. So it's great to see that in this big story of his in this movie that we're not going to try to shoehorn that Wonder Woman is going to be the one that's con- holding the a dying Superman in her arms. Like I'm glad we finally got Lois Lane. I'm gonna say that right now. I don't know why we had to spend so much time with the Superman Wonder Woman love it love story, because this is what we really wanted to see. And I'm glad that we finally got there, especially in this film, when it's such a pinnacle moment in Superman's history and in this universe. And last but not least, we have the bald man himself, Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lex Luthor wasn't always bald, and actually throughout time hasn't been bald as well. Um, when Lex Luthor was first introduced, he actually looked a lot as how he did in the Superman movie in, of 1978 with Gene Hackman. A little stout, kind of chubbier individual with really reddish hair. He's always hated Superman. Um, we got to see more of his motivations kind of being told in a lot of story arcs in which he's saying that like we as a people need not to depend on the saviors from outside the stars we can depend on ourselves but in actuality he's saying y'all can depend on me because he is a classic narcissist a narcissism that gave him an opportunity to become president of the united states of america at one point who would ever let an egomaniac like that become president of america am i (laughs) all right (laughs) one of my favorite easter eggs that came out of this film was we saw Lex Luthor, who is clearly pretending to be under house arrest. He comes in wearing a a wig, a long red-haired wig and a long beard. This is actually what Lex Luthor looked like during this Death of Superman story arc. The Doomsday story arc is a really big thing in comic book history because it really showed that like you can defeat the strongest man within the universe. So that's why today's run through of comics is called it's time to spell your doom, Superman. That's my best Lex Luthor, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you gotta you gotta try something new to shake it up, you know? That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um that's it. That is our story. That is our comic, that is our film. This movie has direct ramifications for the last set of films we we're talking, we we're gonna talk about, especially um the series finale of this entire place in universe so this is a can't miss for for multiple reasons but like if you've been following the adventures if you're just doing one out of 
the whole series this is the one one of the ones you cannot miss at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know now that we spent so much time flying in the sky with superman it's time for us to go lower real, <laughs> real, real low, low. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hell guys because <laughs> constantine city of demons is our next movie and before you ask it has nothing to do with this one so don't ask (laughs) yeah no (laughs) we'll get into that next time but yeah so we're that's our next one we're gonna go constantine city of demons there's no accompanying constantine thing i can link you to it's coming out of nowhere (laughs) so (laughs) just be ready (laughs) until then take care of yourselves look up to the sky because you might see a bird might see a plane but you will not see a superman because he's dead yeah just go eat at bibs ribs and eat your feelings now that we've finished talking about our dc animated content here are some recommended readings for you all these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall and tell them andrew and shamar sent you The first comic on our list is Death of Superman and Funeral for a Friend. These two collections contain the source material comics for this film and include several tie-in comics. Next we have Superman Doomsday. This 2007 film was the first in the DC animated original movie universe and here we see an adaptation of the same story featuring a Superman directed and written by Bruce Timm and Dwayne Capizzi who put together the Superman animated series and other DC animated shows in the early 2000s. Lastly we have All-Star Superman. This collection of 2005 comics by Grant Morrison shows another time that Superman's death was imminent. Upon receiving an overload of solar radiation, Superman works at completing Herculean feats to leave the world a better place. It is a true love letter to Superman and was so popular that some of the dialogue was used in the poignant scene in the Man of Steel film and the comic received a 2011 animated adaptation. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.